I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt. And this is The Land Academy Show. This is episode number 1938. And today we are talking in depth about the Land Academy bucket system. And I'll explain that in great detail. And also how to build a lifelong fortune by consistently investing in land. You know, I talked about that last night at a, a live um, webinar for people looking at joining Land Academy. If you were there, thank you very much. We had so much fun. It was much shorter this time. It was only two hours. <laughs> so, but I want to answer everybody's questions. It was really fun. But we we talked about you know how learning to buy and sell land, as you and I have proven, you before me, uh, proven that for decades. You know this could keep food on the table. Yeah. And so the conversation came up about um, like, can I get my child involved? And I think it was. Casey, one one person said, heck yeah, like I've got my nine-year-old, you know, doing land deals. And so they're learning the value of this and, you know, how to make money. It's What percentage of women were asking questions versus men? Because I know this is your That's a really third good or question. fourth or fifth time doing this. And I know, you know, we don't continually do stuff if it doesn't, we don't feel like we're helping. Uh-huh. And you're obviously continuing to do this. So. Thank you. I'm going to go with about 50-50. So I am so, it's like... I don't know what's happening right now, what shift is happening on the planet, or maybe it's me or maybe it's us, but I am getting a, a, a great um, uh, uh, feedback and I'm seeing so many more women investors good. come into this and I'm so excited. It's awesome. And Land Academy Ladies is coming back next month. Maybe that's why. Yay. It's cool. <laughs> Hey, I hope you're also enjoying our uh, 2023 weekly show. This is, I think, our third show where we're, we've gone from a daily show to a weekly show. And as far as the numbers go, they're much better. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I just checked right before we sat down to record. Cool. And on YouTube and on audio, the numbers are better. Okay. Each week, we answer questions from our Land Academy Discord forum, review land uh, acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. And take a deep dive into uh, the two land-related topics that are requested uh, again on our Discord channel. Yep. Let's take a question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. If you want a, a sneak peek of our Discord channel, please go to landinvestors.com or landacademy.com. It's yeah, there also. It's in both places now, uh, and kind of peruse it. And uh, it's free. You know, it's a read-only. As you can see what what the community is doing in real time. Yep. So Probacorn says, I'm reviewing my spreadsheet before uploading to offers to owners. Look up, I look up at ParcelFact and I found out most of my offer prices are much lower than the assessed value, like 20 to 25% of the assessed value and sometimes 10 to 15%. Is it a common practice? I know we try to buy property under value, but when the owners look at my offers and then compare my property to their tax bill, they would just laugh at it and never call back. What do you what are your experience? I love this. So assessor value, this is a very good uh, new person question. It's It's been coming up through the years and, and the very honest truth of it is in my soul. I looked at this when I started too. Mm-hmm. How can assessed values, what's the relationship, let's just start there, between assessed value. And real value. And market value. Yeah. And then the actual price that we offer. And obviously the offer price has to be lower than the market price for us to stay in business. Right. But what does that have to do with the assessed value? 
Nothing. Exactly. The assessed value, and this is hard for new people to digest, and I'm really glad you asked this question because we haven't talked about it in a while, and it just makes common sense that, you know, if you if you look at, at uh, on the online and you look at any house anywhere, and you ask yourself, well, what's this house worth? It's pretty easy to go on either side of the house and look at what the values are of those houses, maybe the history of how many square feet they are, and you can start down that uh, the data rabbit hole of, of assessing what any given house is worth. In fact, there's algorithms out there right now that do it for you pretty effectively, mm-hmm. especially because there's a bunch of algorithms. You can average those out and get a really good value for, for what the property is worth. With land, that's just not the case. You can't look at uh, a parcel on either side, look at the activity. Maybe it hasn't sold since 1960. There's all kinds of reasons that valuing land's harder. So what do we do? We look at the assessed value uh, as a natural course of trying to figure out real value because every piece of land has somewhere has an assessed value. And it's almost always incorrect. Assessors don't really care as much about rural vacant land, especially as they do properties that are improved with higher values because the taxes are higher. Mm-hmm. And it's it, people's uh, interest is more focused on improved property. Assessed value, again, has nothing, nothing to do with market value. The market value of that property is set by what people are uh, willing to pay. And the only way you can do that is to look at completed sales and active sales. Average all that stuff out in a place like where the zip uh, zip code where the property is or or whatever, you know, we teach that in, in Land Academy. So the message I'm really trying to send here very, very clearly is please forget about assessed value. Mm-hmm. And then you go on to say, uh, you know, but when the owner will look at my offer and then compare it to the to the actual assessed value in their tax bill, they'll just laugh. Mm-hmm. So that will never happen. Mm-hmm. I can tell you in the 16 or so thousand deals that Jill and I have done, I don't believe, I don't recall anyone ever no, saying, you, you know, hey, my assessed value is 30,000, you guys offered me 20. It, it has come up. No, it has come up. And what's so interesting, you just have to, let's just, I just explain a little bit of what you explained very lightly, not that much for the seller, but I kind of go, let's look at your house, shall we? Let's see what your house is assessed at. And it's always so off and so different. You oh, know, that's a great way to handle uh-huh. that. And I, and I, and so, and it's a year, and I've explained them too, like, hey, especially with property, with land, it's often a year or two behind. You know, all assessor data is often a year or two behind. It takes something for them. Uh, there's got to be some trigger, like a sale, for them to go in and reevaluate that. And then it, it's really just a gauge, too. And I tell them, you know, it varies all over the country. It's often just a gauge to, you know, uh, collect taxes. That's what they're trying to do with it here is they base their taxes off the assessed value. So anyway. And if you go from county to county, mm-hmm. state to state, or it's anywhere, different. it's comp- their methodology is completely different um, right. from county to county and state to state. And so the further apart the property is in general geographically, the different concept they use to assess property and then apply tax. Mm-hmm. And so you just need to forget it. As, as counterintuitive as that is, that number is just sitting there. Here's a good Every question. Every property, yeah. I'm glad you asked it because it does come up and it's important to know, just to know, like, why am I ignoring this? That's why. <laughs> <laughs> like, for instance, assessed values in California are really, really high. Mm-hmm. They still have nothing to do with the, the uh, actual value of the property. Like, here's an example. In California, assessed values are set by uh, a percentage of the most recent sale. So if I go buy a new property in California 
and and uh, we all know California's property values are more expensive than the rest of the country. That, then I get a new assessment automatically of mm-hmm. I think one and a quarter percent of the property that I, I some know. some small percentage between one and two percent. It constantly changes. That's just not the case. Like let's say in Michigan where there's a a millage rate that's applied, which is very complicated, even by today's standards, a complicated equation to figure out how much taxes you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. Completely two different markets, totally different ideology on how they assess taxes and send you a tax bill. Mm-hmm. Today's first topic is the Land Academy bucket system explained. I was just thinking about that. It's it's like... Uh, I, it's talking about assessed values it's it's not i never want to talk about it again i hope that you're talked out <laughs> jill's uh, jill's not this is these kinds of topics are not jill's favorite no i just it's just my my answer is forget about it let's look at what's really happening in the market that's what you need to be doing period we've had in the past um, before we made a big deal out of it because i talk about it in the programs now before people sit down to actually do a mailer hopefully they they watch our the atlanta academy education program specifically 3.0 and i say <clears throat> please forget about this assessed value mm-hmm. situation because we've had people in the past members come back and say well i offered uh, 13 percent of the assessed value yeah. and you know i didn't i didn't buy any property like hold on the, that was a little hot which was is coming in way too hot <laughs> which is really really this is great while you it's, i'm glad you asked the question ask the question yeah the Land Academy bucket system is something that I flippantly and on the fly came up with right. during uh, one of our career s- paths. Was it career path? Yeah, it was career path. It's not something I sat down and thought about. I it's think. something that I think Jill and I do anyway. Mm-hmm. I know we do. I, we've been doing it for a lot of years anyway. We didn't have a, ti- a name for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'll have to tell you, well, here's the buckets. Bucket one is, you know, fulfill your Land Academy typical deal scenario by whatever you define that as. For a lot of people, it's buy for 5,000, sell for 10. Uh, for us right now, it's buy for 30, 40, 50, sell for 100, 80, 90, 100, 110, or maybe more. Uh, it's been like that for probably a year or so. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably go up and change uh, with the market as, as it changes. So bucket one is whatever that acquisition criteria that you set for yourself and you find a target area to send mail using the uh, the systems that we have in the program, that's bucket one. As fast as you can buy it and as Wait, fast as you can numbers? sell it. Sure. Okay, give me numbers. Buy for 30, uh, sell for 90. Is it this bucket one? Yeah. Okay. Buy for 30, sell for 80, 90. Okay. Well, what do you think it is? <laughs> Actually, what are we doing? Because I'm not sure. Okay. Can we talk, can we talk about the big? Okay. Can we for me to grasp this? And I'm. I hope that there's at least one of you listening that can sympathize and understand like me. I need to hear all the buckets, and then I can. That's put what numbers I was going to do. That's okay, bucket one. It. Okay, got it. Bucket one is execute the system, buy and sell as fast. They're easy as you can. and fast. Yeah, that should be your bread and butter. Hopefully, do a few of those a month. Okay. Maybe, maybe more. Bucket two is, I've got a property that came back in. Let's say I offered $30,000. By the way, and this is what's really, really important to to take away from this segment of of the podcast. I don't do bucket-based mailers. We send it all out the the same way we price it. And then when they come back, we look at each individual deal and we say, yeah, I love this deal. No way I'm not doing this deal at any price or just like we do on the Thursday call. And at some point, we assign a bucket to it based on the land that comes back. So bucket two is, 
I love this property at $30,000 and they accepted our offer. Uh, if it were bucket one, we'd sell it at 80,000 and, and take the money and, and shove it back into the system and go and c- continue to do it. But I don't think so. I think this property for a lot of reasons is uh, maybe it's zoned for something very specific like a mobile home park, which is unusual to find. So we're gonna take some different steps. We're gonna buy it. We're gonna take some different steps and put it into uh, a second bucket where we know it's gonna take longer to sell. We know it's gonna take more work, but maybe we sell it for two or $300,000 instead of 80 or 90. That's bucket two. Bucket three is, and I'm not a fan of bucket three, is something that, uh, and there's a certain personality type, usually in Texas, that loves bucket three property where you buy a big piece of property, you know you can subdivide it, mm-hmm. and you know it's it, you can sell it on terms. So you you start down this long two to five year path where you get investors and you buy a big piece of property, and that becomes your business model. And that and uh, and for some people, not for us, it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have we have people in career path. We have bucket three people in career path mm-hmm. every single uh, every single run. Mm-hmm. Who, that's what they've been doing for a long time already anyway. They found out about Land Academy and they want to learn about the mail. Mm-hmm. That's a, a typical bucket three person. Yeah. I still love bucket one. And I know Jill does too. If Jill had her way, she would have bucket one property only and that's it. I think everything's... So the, the main thing is, is it's about how you're doing the transaction, the speed, and how you look at it, I think, and, and what the end goal is for each property. Sometimes I feel like we have buckets four, five, and six. Like they, <laughs> Do you think I'm kidding? I know. It's What's bucket four? Well, bucket four is like a random... Well, bucket four might be... Oh, here's, a, here's bucket four. <laughs> bucket four <laughs> is... Steven coming in my office saying, Uh-oh. did you look at this property? We can't sell it. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, yes. and then I go, but we have to sell it. There'll be another one. He goes, well, then fine. I'm not letting <laughs> it go for less than fill in the blank. It's like his make me move number. So that's bucket four. No, I think that's bucket two. Oh, okay. I don't, all right. And we have some bucket. We have a bunch of bucket two problem, pr- property now. And I'll tell you what's great about bucket two is you know it's going to take longer to sell it. You price it at or even maybe in some cases above retail. Right. You're fully prepared that you won't get an offer for, let's say, a year. But then you get an offer right. and somebody buys it. And, and so, and it's not, but it's very difficult to do bucket two, in my opinion. Bucket two deals and bucket certainly bucket three deals. If you're not the entire time in the background doing bucket one property to pay your bills, mm-hmm. so it takes uh, some balance. This is again we brought this up one time and it's just stuck. So people are still talking about the buckets. Mm-hmm. Okay, well it's easy to think about it like that. It's good. That's really good. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> like this is this you came. I again. I see them all the same way. I don't. I don't differentiate like that. So, and I certainly don't need to hang on to them because I know there's going to be more great property. So that's the funny thing. Remember, we haven't said that in a while. We used to tell everybody the last thing you want to do is go look at your property because if you do, you won't want to sell it. And that's that's what really happens. Jill's uh, Jill loves bucket one property because she's a career corporate salesperson. And so she needs to sell something and, and it works out great for me because I, I don't get up in the morning needing to sell something. I get up in the morning needing to analyze something or I don't mm-hmm. feel right and or making some system better. Mm-hmm. And she gets up saying, all right, I got to sell these properties or I'm going to buy a bunch of properties or why, why is my phone not ringing every single 
minute. True. So, <laughs> and, I, and I say that with, uh, with the biggest compliment ever because if we were both analysts, We'd Nothing would get done. No deals would get done at all. We'd be bored. Is that what you said? We'd be boring. Could you imagine? What kind of friends would we have? We're both, I'm a data analyst. I'm a data analyst too. Yeah. Well, nice knowing yeah. you. That's, that's good. I'll see you next year. Exactly. <laughs> Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday webinar. In County, Georgia, 5.22 acres. We have access. Affordable. Alive? Nope. No. Uh, hold on a moment. The husband passed on. The land is in an estate trust, but the wife is alive and wants to sell. We need to double check in Georgia. The um, if it's an automatic thing, the wife may or may not know. If it's in a trust, yeah, that's what it is. She may or may not know. So that that's that's okay. That's a that's a helper with a phone call to the her attorney, who can help her with this. And by the way, the attorney. If you're going to get the attorney involved in this, by the way, ask if the attorney can close a deal for you because that would be cool and they would like that. And if the estate has any money left in it to pay him or her. Oh, that's good. There you go. So, all right. Uh, purchase price, $10,500. Thanks, we could sell it for $35,500. Uh, large piece. I'm already worried. Um, I see there's a power line running through the western side of the property. Is that a deal breaker or a bargaining chip? <laughs> I have three things so far at me right now, Jeshua. So I'm just, just telling you, I'm, I'm reaching for my FIFA cards. I'm holding both of them right now. So I pull this up just so you know that what goes on in the mind of an old crusty man. <laughs> I pull this up and I see that this is all built around really good, built up properties everywhere, a couple of vacant lots. That's okay. Great access. What's wrong with this property? Why is it still like this? Because mm -hmm. it looks great and the price looks great. The only thing, the only thing. So that's... the question is now we're going to dig deep and we're going to find out what's wrong. At least it's better than that one. <laughs> Floodplain's okay. What I hope the answer is, is it just left over because this guy was older and his wife now has it and they just want to get rid of it. If that's the case, I'm in. Oh, I don't no. think that's the case at all. I'm holding one FIFA card right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I will show it in a minute. The answer is this. So the question you have to ask yourself is a lot of this property is in this easement where you will own and pay for infinitely as the end user of this, the right to look at that. Hey, will you check the legal? Just to make sure there's nothing funky in there. That's the bad news. The good news is you got a bunch of usable property here. A lot of it, actually. A ton of usable property here. So maybe Mrs. Widow, you can pull a, a Sam here and say, you know, I thought it was worth $10,000, but really we're buying half the property mm -hmm. because this is all in an easement. So what do you half say? 5,000 bucks, we call it a day. Ironically, they paid $4,600 for it. There you go. We toggle what, back. When was that? Toggle. 2,000. There we go. And there, there it is. They tried to sell it and couldn't. But look at, it was him. What's the deal here? He put it from his name to his trust, name. Oh, that was probably it. I love it. You're like, well, the mail hit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go run errands. I'm like, oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> trying to find what these how value of these houses are just to get a gauge. 179000 in 2016. Like I would buy that. this. I would buy it. For five. Period. Did you buy it for 10? Yeah, I would buy it for 10, but I'd try to get it for five because the easement. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, hold on a moment. Don't forget, we're not even sure we could transfer it. Well, we don't know if we can transfer it. And honestly, you don't know if it's usable because now you've got a pretty narrow piece of dirt and I'm not sure, you know, 
it looks like it's okay just looking at it. Like this is usable because this is mm -hmm. usable and this is usable. You just need to you can need to confirm all this. Got Sid. This is a look at what Sid Dean writes here. He was on. Got a hate house. call and a signed contract all on the same day. That's just how it is. What a business, isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. I swear, when the hate calls come in, I'm like, yeah, we priced it right. All right, sit tight. Yeah, I got a couple of validation calls where they're like, you offered me like a third of what it's worth. And it's like, perfect. Yep, great. <laughs> <aiming> for? <laughs> totally. Like, woohoo. <laughs> Did you know Land Academy is now reopened and landacademy.com has a refresh? Yay. So if you've been following us, the site has got a beautiful facelift. We're very excited. It's much easier to navigate. And I think uh, you'll see all the, I'm excited about all the great things that have come in this year. So go check out landacademy.com. Um, check all the places that you can, you know, see where we're communicating. You can get to the podcast. You can, uh, you know, read more about Career Path and some of the exciting things we've got coming this year too. 2023 is going to be great for us. Let's take another question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community again. If you want a sneak peek of our Discord channel, please go over to landinvestors.com. I guess we have it now. Or landacademy.com. Uh, landacademy.com. It's free. Yeah. So Chuck, Chuck M wrote, has anyone else experienced this for their recent red, yellow, green tests? The problem I'm finding with realtor.com data is that it only goes back one month. If I compare this to the active slash sold historical data on Zillow, such as six months, one year, etc., the realtor data gives me a much lower score than Zillow because it's only one month of data. The red, yellow, green test does not seem to work as well without comparing more historical data. More data. Yep. In addition, the real estate market as a whole is slowing. So days of market is increasing. So only 30 days is not enough data to accurately do a red, yellow, green test, in my opinion. It's very unfortunate that Redfin moved the zip uh, historical data. This is a, a, you know, once in a while, not once in a while, more than half the time, people ask these brilliant questions at the beginning of their career, where I say to myself, this person's gonna do amazingly well throughout their career if they stick with it. And this is one of those questions. He's questioning my methodology about how to do a mailer and how to price a mailer and my, the red, green, yellow test, which I think is the greatest thing ever. Uh, lots has changed in the last 12 months with these websites to the point where I'm going back and re-recording or putting addendums into the actual education package. And he caught this change. One of the, Realtor.com only looks at comparison values, sold comps. They only go back one month and you can't move it. It's not a lever on the website. For whatever reason, they only want you to see, they want you to keep focused on what's uh, for sale, probably because you have a better chance of buying something. Zillow gives you a sliding scale. You know, you can look at one month, six months, uh, 12 months, depending on what you feel is appropriate because of market conditions. We teach, I teach in the program to use Zillow for the red, yellow, green test for that reason, because more data in anything that you're looking at, I don't care if you're a healthcare scientist, you want a bigger sample. You want a much larger sample to get as much data as you possibly can to get those averages and those means and whatever you're trying to solve for into a group that you can analyze. And looking at real estate data is no different. Please stick with the program as I wrote, as I uh, deliver it, especially uh, chapters 
three and four about finding property to where finding places to send mail and then actually price doing a mailer and, and pricing it with Zillow. I would like to comment on questioning your methodology. <laughs> oh, Jill is that. I can't get through a, you know, noon before Jill's questioning my methodology well, on everything. When Chuck does it, it's a great thing. When I do it, it's not a great thing. What was the last time you said, you know, Jill, I am so glad that you sat me down and are questioning my methodology yeah. today. I think it was when I wanted a second date. Yeah, well. <laughs> I wouldn't question that methodology because I knew that was smart. There's other things that I definitely oh, do tell. What do no, tell? I like. I'd love to hear this, and so would everybody else. Now, it's okay. like, I don't. I don't know. Um, I have just. I have to think of something good right now. But there's some. There's some things that uh, have come up, and I'm like, I'm gonna remember that one. One of the things Jill's gonna yeah. inspire us about at oh. the end of the show here is oh. how to work with your spouse. How that works. What it really takes to work with your spouse. My friends question my methodology on that one. <laughs> oh, I don't ever question it at all. I think it's the greatest idea. Oh. You know, you should run out and work with your spouse. Yes, <laughs> me too. Talk about easy. You guys can keep the same schedule. It's awesome. If you don't spend enough time together, you should do this. Wow. <laughs> Satiricaljill.com. I know. <laughs> Today's second topic is how to build a lifelong fortune by consistently investing in land and I should go on to say like we have and like many 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 members have in our, in our group and, and who have uh, been with us since day one been with us since day one and gotten so good at it and wealthy at it they're now they're gone they're dark they graduated and and uh, they're on to great stuff mm -hmm. but they pop up again and that's a, that's the best thing I mean the people that have been with us this whole time and they're like, we got it. I don't need anything. Uh, you know, I'll see you later. They uh, they pop up now and then with some, mm -hmm. usually it's an amazing deal, yeah. which is really nice. And that I think is the, was the ultimate goal here. Well, they all, they come back for deal funding. Yeah, that's what that, I mean. That's what Jill means. Yeah. So they'll, they'll pop up going, all right, I just got, you know, I haven't heard from you. You haven't heard from me in like two years. I'm here. I'm still doing my thing. I just got a, somebody's poor portfolio yeah. they're retiring yeah. I need some help taking it down you know with the best mm -hmm. way to do it and financially how to how to get this done how to eat this elephant and I love it before the second topic let's take a look at another one of our favorite land acquisitions from our uh, weekly Thursday member webinar Edgefield County South Carolina 0.65 acres accepted offer price 500 bucks offered thinking they would pass but they accepted I love it when that happens. You're like, you know what? Like, okay, fine. You, you like, they won't get off your phone. They're just like, what would you give me? Like, fine, five hundred dollars. They'll just like, I'll take it. And you're like, damn. Well, shucks. Now do I do I even want it for five hundred dollars? So okay, this is good. Um, Yikes! This is an example, Joe. Perfect. Oh yeah, this perfect is, example. This is this is where you. <laughs> I'm gonna screenshot this. This is the screenshot of the of the week right here. This is a, Would you pay five hundred dollars for this? You're like. I actually don't know. I, I might not. Oh, I not. Like, I'd rather go out to dinner than to deal with this. Because what am I going to do? Now it's in my inventory. Great. It's off their plate. Now it's mine. And do I want to go through all the motions and then trying to sell this? This is hilarious. So if you can't see, it's Let's like the wet, the, structure. the wet land stuff there. But it's there's a dip there. It's not out there. Isn't that funny? Okay, so here's a scoop. I made an offer on the property, hoping the neighbors to the left or 
left, right, or in front of it would buy it for $2,000. County doesn't care about building on wetlands, but in an alternative septic system would be needed. Um, it oddly meets the setback requirements as well. I know it's a low value property, but I'm wondering what do you guys typically do with cheaper leftover property? And he's right though. These properties are all right in the flood zone, like not a flood zone, the flood way. Yeah. They're in the river. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're, are they built up? They've got to be built up. I might change my answer here. We are, it's South Carolina, um, North Augusta. This is hilarious. I just changed my answer. I would buy this for 500 all day. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like this is a utility box in a regulatory floodway. Oh. I'd buy it. I'd put a sign on it. $2,500. These are not mm -hmm. cheap. Uh, forget that. Mm -hmm. It looks less like that. A lot that paid 5000 in 1985. The property oh. was built in 2002. For that one. Wow. A house across the street is worth hundred grand in 1986. The one next to it. These people lived there for a long time. They don't move. Yeah. I would buy this. This is how you accumulate wealth. Okay. 365000 bucks in 2021. And you're going to buy the infill lot across the street for $500. <laughs> Welcome to Land Academy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we all know well 500 bucks what do you got to lose that's what i think yeah all right title's going to be more than the prospect the title amount cost to get the deal done will cost more than the actual piece of property and you can say i own a half acre in north augusta on the water uh-huh and i would have a, a a serious jail tech conversation with the county about usability like look these houses were built in that are adjacent to it in 2002. Jeez, wow. they built right in a floodway. <laughs> That's how you avoid the HOA. Don't let them see what's going on back there. <laughs> That's awesome. All getting a side check use because this could just be a, a two year problem for you. How do you consistently create wealth for yourself in the land business? Well, I can get all nebulous about, uh, about this. Or I can just simply say this, which Jill appreciates when it's more simple. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if you learn how to do this, you give yourself the, the right amount of time, let's say three to six months to really learn Land Academy and spend time on Discord talking to other people who have been through it, who are going through it and succeeded at it. Mm -hmm and you get yourself on a mailer schedule yeah, and you never stop that yeah. mailer schedule, regardless of what happens in your every mailer, you're constantly learning. You will become uh, generally wealthy unless you're missing huge parts of this. You will at some point get a consistent pipeline filled and buy and sell a lot of land. I talked about that last night. There was um, someone on the call last night that said, we're, we're now in a system. We're doing 17, like 1,740 units, something like that a week, period. Oh, that's good. We have it all plotted out. This is what we're doing. I'm like, okay, you can't lose. You will not lose if you keep just keep doing it. And then what's going to happen too is, you know, like with us, it's just going to keep, the deals just keep coming from the new mailer. And then your old mailer will start picking up steam. You're going to get, after a year of this, you're going to, you're going to be looking at yourself going, did we even mail that county? And things come back at the end of the year. They come back in the summer. It just come back. We have stuff over 10 years that they come back. 
we I, I spent um, because of the way interest rates have dramatically increased over the last 12 months, they've doubled. And I mean mortgage rates, not interest rates. When this happens, commercial real estate becomes available for purchase. People who, who own, let's say, trailer parks or strip malls or, or any type of commercial real estate that it can be analyzed on a capitalization rate, because of that increased cost of capital, it's very uh, common for commercial real estate to be on funky type loans. So there's variable rate loans that are tied to interest rates or um, 30-year amortization loans that really only have a five-year term. So at five years, you have to renegotiate the loan. And of course, you're going to do that in prevailing rates at that time. So the whole result of that, when interest rates go up like this and don't really show any signs of going down, at least not this year, when people have a marginally good deal, let's say it's a trailer park, we'll use that as an example, that extra interest rate especially, it doubled. Their cost of capital has doubled in 12 months. Their, their rent didn't double. You know, their, their operations didn't get incredibly uh, much better, that much better to offset that extra expense. Mm -hmm. They sell. Exactly. They panic and sell. And so I, I ran a whole analysis on what it takes to buy an, a trailer park. And right next to it, I ran an analysis on what it takes to be successful at buying and selling land. Mm -hmm. And buying and selling land in 2020 is exactly the same as it is in 2023. Why? Because we don't have a cost of capital. Okay. And so it, to make things even better for our own situation, for land, land investment in 2023, the people who do have a lot of commercial real estate uh, or anything else that is tied to an interest rate, like let's say a house with a variable rate mortgage, are going to run out of money. And if they have extra land laying around, that's one of the first things they're going to get to sell. And if they have an offer stuck to their refrigerator for you to buy it, whether it's from this year, this month, or like Jill said, three years, years ago, ago, they're going to call. Yeah, We know that because we've been sending out mail since the early 2000s and we're getting these calls mm -hmm. and we're getting these emails now way more than we were a year or two ago. Exactly. So if you're in, and that's the result of consistently sending mail and consistently creating wealth mm -hmm. you know there i don't think i don't know if we've ever had a bad year buying and selling mail i mean buying and selling land mm -hmm. no isn't that interesting because i was talking about that because you know everybody's really worried about recession and things like that and they're like how's it going to affect the land business i'm like this is not my first rodeo not my second not your third mm -hmm. you know we've been and i could say i watched our peers you know other investors not make it through especially the last one like nine ten mm -hmm. um around there and i felt really bad thank goodness you know we you you set us up correctly and that's another point about this too not one of the things that we do is we buy these properties i'm not running around with contracts i'm not assigning things i own this property so and we bought it right and we bought it you know so we know we're going to make money on it no matter what happens Maybe I'm not going to 3x my money. Maybe I, maybe I make a 90% big deal because I'm fine with that. You know, we have consistently proven it. And I think that's why a lot of people are here with us for decades, kept food on their table. Thanks to land. And we've done other things. 
have I thrown renovations in there? You threw renovations in there. I loved it. You hated it. It was funny. But then my joke now is I never worked so hard for $35,000 in my life. <laughs> so She means renovating houses. Yep. Not doing that again. But yeah, we've done renovations, commercial properties, office buildings, uh, all kinds of other things that we've done. But and, and, and in the land space, that's great. When you put it, something on it, it's not our forte. Yeah, and that's just because we're land people. Yeah. You know, there's so many people that would disagree with, with the, there's True. still people in this world that do really well with office buildings. Yeah, I don't have I just read, for it. just read that office buildings are at 50% occupancy. And yeah. you're at 80% occupancy a year ago. Yeah. This is all because of cost, cost of capital going up. Which is, you know, as a res- the, the reason that the, the feds are in- raising interest rates like this pretty consistently, and they're actually going to raise them again about a quarter point today, if they haven't already, they probably have, is because inflation, it's a that way to hedge off inflation. The fact that eggs are made more expensive than they were a year ago. Well, what caused inflation? The feds generally printing too much money. Mm-hmm. So it's this cycle that goes on with uh, fa- fairly uneducated politicians that I won't go into now, but it, actually, I'll never go into it. <laughs> our job is to oh, not judge these thank people. Thank you. We our, all think. Our job is to, to sit down, run the numbers right. without emotion and say, yeah. here we go again. And now, how am I going to change what I do? How am I going to yeah. change my mailer? What am I going to do with my business partner? Mm-hmm. How are we going to make some changes to actually capitalize on the fact that uh, the market's changing yep. and forget about any emotion or politics or any of that? Exactly. That's great, Jack. I don't have $300 million like you guys seem to have every time an acquisition comes up to go write a check. And I realize that, and so does Joe. That's why we put together Discord and, and uh, landfunding.com. I think that's the name of the website. Yep. And so we have a, a massive community of people that have a lot of money because they've been through this too. Some mm-hmm. of them have gray hair, some of them don't, where you can go to them and with the, if you have a good real estate deal mm-hmm. and fund your deal. And it, it's not tied to interest rates. It's equity funding. It's not debt funding. Mm-hmm. And and travel forward until you don't need their funding anymore. And these people are not like, they're not um, your typical, you know, uh, lender, if you will. There are people in our community. They're your partner. Like me. Who understand you know? land. Exactly. And who are educated about how to buy and sell land and right. how inexpensively can, you can do it, just like you. Yep. They might be six months, a year, three years ahead of you, sitting on a bunch of cash going, yeah, that is a good deal. Yep. I remember working in that area a while back, or I didn't even know this was going on over here, whatever it is. That's a great deal. I will absolutely give you the money for that. Yep. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Jill, you have something inspirational to share, I think. Maybe so, not so inspirational. I know. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit today because this this is coming up a lot, and it came up um, last night in the live webinar that I did about you know I'm noticing this shift with more and more females and more and more couples, and I love it. And it was really sweet. Um, Oh gosh, is it Melinda? I think we were talking about it. And she was saying, you know, how much we have helped her because she and her husband are in this together like us and listening to us and hearing us. And when we talk about, which I want to talk about a little bit with you right now, some of the things that we had to do to survive and work together (laughs) and, you know, and, and be supportive uh, and move forward. It's hard with your spouse. You have different ideas. You have, you know, it's like, whether it's not your spouse, you know, 
your spouse, your partner, your best friends, anyone that you're really, really close with, if you're saying, we should do this together, this is the greatest idea. It all sounds romantic and great in the, be in the beginning until you realize you both want to work on the same thing or you both don't want to work on the same thing. There's nothing romantic about working with your spouse. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Doesn't sound romantic in the beginning to me at all. Oh, well, you're a guy. <laughs> I don't know. I know some guys that think I have. No, I've talked to guys that said my dream would be to have my wife come in and do this with me. And I think that's Want great. me to translate that for you? Go right ahead. My dream is to have my wife work for me. Oh. <laughs> I am not even going to comment on that right now. At all. Because you kind of got your dream, didn't you? <laughs> no. That's exactly the opposite okay, of what I got. All right. It may have been that like that for 14 minutes, but... Okay. And that was never my intention. Thanks. I'm, just, That's I'm great. really just working around. There we go. No, but... But it's so, I love it. I love that we are attracting and helping um, couples do this. And I was thinking, like, what's... If you could think of one thing that has made this work for us, please, and share it. What is your one thing? I, I, I'm going to answer your question, but I do have something to follow okay, up Okay, go ahead. Jim Jill and I, mm -hmm. the reason this works at all, and, and for how many years has it been? Jeez, it's been. 14? Yeah, 14 years. Mm -hmm. The reason this works is because Jill and I, way, way out in the future, she and I can see what we both, we want, and it's the same thing. And so, and I didn't know this when we started working with each other. Honestly, it was just dumb luck, period. Uh, we didn't develop this after we met or started working with each other or any of that. She wanted to be very successful at what, and, and, and I found out way later that she was. At whatever she was doing, and wherever she worked, she showed up in the morning. She met her goals, her sales goals in most or all cases, and smashed it. And was constantly the best person in the office, selling and reselling and, and all of that. So, Thanks. you know, and I was too. I was very successful at the stuff that I, you know, where I wanted to work. I was very right. successful at it. So you have to have that long vision. And, and the first thing I would do if you're considering working with your spouse, or even if you've worked with your spouse for a while is have a get out of the office and sit down somewhere and say what, what do you, where do you see all this all of this in 15 or 20 or 30 years right. or five years and see what they say you're going to be shocked at how it's not the same i think do you think you can get them on the same page yeah but see this, this is a big huge difference of, oh. between you and i a massive difference i don't want to sway anybody or or uh, uh beat a path for them so that they oh. start following down a path that i want them to follow down where i think it's better I don't think that's healthy uh, in a relationship, professional well, or socially. I don't want anything to change. I want I want it to be the building blocks of it to be built before I get there. Well, what if what if there's a way to get each other's goals separately? What if what if you, my goal is to have this? It's like let's just for example, my goal maybe your goal is retire early and my goal is to have my beach house. Maybe we could do both. Yeah, I think that's a, oh, if you want to set goals and then work together, however you work independently or together yeah. to hit those things, I think that's a great idea. Okay, good. That's fantastic. But, right. but to change somebody's like, no, you're not going to change you know, your mindset. Work habits or your mindset yeah. or, or hours That'll that they never work. work. Or, yeah. That's People are never going to change. <laughs> Very early on, Jack taught me this phrase and I never forgot it. <laughs> Here's the definition of compromise. Great. Now nobody's happy. That's right. <laughs> like, that's true. I've used that a hundred 
times since then. Uh, yes, you have. Do you know what my number one thing is? The My number one thing, if you're going to sit down right now and you want to work with your spouse and you want to make this successful, stay out of the other person's lane, period. I think you need to, even if you, like I talked about in the beginning, you both want to work on the same things and you both not want to work on the same thing. So you know what? Divide it up. Make it fair. Go, all right. Because there's, a, there's, a, there's stuff like even within us, right? I'm like, look, I hate doing this, but I hate doing that more. So if you'll take that on, I'll take this on. There's, you can have those conversations and be like, you know what? Great. Thank you. And then once you have that, and we, we've done this, we, we, we haven't we done still it. do it. We, yeah, exactly. It's been a little while, but we would draw, take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle. This is true. We'd still do it. Okay. You're marketing, you're O2O, you're this, you're that. Mm-hmm. We divide up responsibilities in our, in our, really it's our other companies. The land is just, it kind of come, really comes natural for yeah. us, the land part. But, but when you, and when you agree, that's on like data, why would I why would I even question it by the way his data his picking areas his pricing offers well see you know that now that's the well, thing we have this hind- the luxury of hindsight well yeah but but, but, you know. but somebody's going to naturally be better at it I think I, I really do and someone's going to be naturally better at answering the phones getting the deals done you know things like that the nice thing too is though because of us and our experience now you listen to me when I say, hey, yeah. I know you've got a mailer going out. Can you yeah. please roll in this area in this size? And you're like, sure, fine. I don't, I don't, whatever you got working on, great. Let's, let's roll that right. into it too. But the part about staying in your lane though, when you draw that line and you say your data, I'm the phone, whatever, this, the other person can't say, oh, I answer, I want to do this too. Oh, I think I can do it better. Mm-mm. You got to stay out of their stuff because then you're going to fail if you don't. If you come along and critique the person, try to get all up in their business, try to do it better, try to change their process, that's not going you, to you, work. You know, what Joe's describing as a, a boss. No. If you think that you're going to be the boss of your wife <laughs> and in a workplace, you can stop right now. In fact, in fact, you can turn this Even podcast. Home? Turn this podcast. You think going to be the boss of yes. your wife in the home and with child and, raising? Like just and the same thing as the reverse. If your wife thinks she's going to sit you down at work and tell you what to do all day and have you deal with it, yes, you know, then there's something wrong with you, not her. <laughs> Listen, all kidding aside, in every single couple I've ever met, and usually people in business make this mistake. You can't just let it happen. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to work with her next week. She's quitting her job. She's put her in two weeks' notice. In three weeks, we're going to be working together. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. We're going to sit down together, and and uh, she's going to do sales, and I'm going to do acquisitions, and that, and that makes sense to me. And yeah. And uh, I need to I give a you, buyer. I give you one week. <laughs> you can't just let that happen. Yeah. Just like you can't let a mailer happen. You have to really manipulate a mailer and you have to seek help out from Discord, uh, all the education products that we provide and and, uh, and sit down with yourself in a dark room and map all of it out. And, and so you have this, this you're, what you're really doing is building a sense of confidence. It's the same thing that happens with working with your spouse. You need to put some rules in place. Mm-hmm. Joe and I, ha- ha- uh, about two years ago, uh, decided to have a meeting. We, we call it a partner's meeting. That's what it's called in the our calendar. I think it's at 9.30 or 9.30 in the morning, like three days a week. Mm-hmm. And so all the stuff that goes on that she needs to talk, me to talk about, if something's not on fire, 
she writes down and so do I. Mm -hmm. And in this partners meeting, we talk about it. Mm -hmm. And do the meetings get heated sometimes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what it does is it stops her and me from barreling into each other's office to talk about something with that it's going to end up being entirely meaningless anyway. And then everybody wastes an hour talking about something or debating something that just has nothing to do with whatever. Right. So you can't just let it happen. You have to have a plan with some with some rules in place. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, this podcast, it's always been my baby. Yep. And she knows that. Yep. Now, she didn't in the beginning. You know, she wanted to be all involved in, in uh, the sound checks and camera angles and backgrounds and, and all of that. And as you can and, tell, I lost every battle. Just yeah, kidding. I mean, she's not happy. <laughs> she's constantly, to this day, the, God, this podcast is like eight years old. I know. You know, why is it so dark in here? Because yeah. it's dark in here. Because I'm dark. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at Jill's stuff, it's all light and airy and fun, and because that's who she is. Pretty. I have colors. <laughs> yes. And so you gotta let that stuff go. And uh, we've all accepted it. And you know, and I'm, but I'll tell you, getting that first deal done, and then maybe getting the first ten deals done, all of it goes away. Not all of it. Ninety-five percent of it. All this stuff goes away because everybody's got. Feel good. Uh, confidence in their spouse now. Confidence in themselves. The system works. We're consistently getting mailers out. Money's coming in. It's going out. It's coming in. And and that's how you know it's going to work. Yeah. I but agree. you can't just say, yeah, let's 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 uh, try this. Yeah. We got. Well, I'll this. see you on Monday. Everybody else does it. Jack and Jill do it. We can do this let's, too. Let's push our desks together. Oh. And stare at each other all day. <laughs> Could you imagine? No. Oh. No, we would last 20 minutes. Oh, no. 20 minutes you and I would last yeah. in, the, in the same. We really? just now can work in the same building. True. For years, we worked we, in not in different buildings, in different zip codes. Yes, this is true. With different staff and different everything. One of us had the home office and one of us went to the office and that was it. Or remember the time we were on different floors? Yeah. That worked out, kind of. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but one of us would pop down to the other person's floor too much. So <laughs> that but that helps. <laughs> Here's my final thought. And this is not just working with your spouse. This is like living with your spouse. The concept of blame has no place in a relationship. And I learned this uh, not because I wanted to from my parents. Hmm. Keep going. You can't blame somebody else. If some, if a deal goes bad, deals go bad. True. We have bad deals uh, probably, probably one or two a year where, you know, stuff's true. still for sale. We have accumulated properties for sale that, you know, they're either not priced right. It's not, we didn't, but it's, it's usually because I want to sell them for too much. But stuff goes wrong. Computers die. You know, uh, cash flow is not what you expected. We forget you about can't it. can't blame. Sometimes you just if forget. You, like, I still own that. And it's yeah. I, what I've found over the years is this is a personality type. There are some people that just need to blame somebody. Uh -huh. for, and if, if, if they're sitting next to the, the closest person is going to get blamed. True. You know, and that sprouts from who knows where, where, where it actually comes from. It comes from some type of personal, I can't fail or, you know, you got... You got slapped on the wrist too many times when you spilled milk when you're a kid. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, but I know that blaming people for stuff that is not going well, it does not end well yeah. for anybody. 
I'm still laughing at the put the thought of putting our two desks <laughs> facing each other <laughs> and how horrible that would go. Because because invariably when someone leaves their desk, like, well, how come I'm the only one working? You know, like, that would be and it would be nonstop critiquing. You know, you oh, missed yeah. this on that call. Mm -hmm. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if I listened to your sales calls and then oh. and you got done and hung it up and uh and you're like, well, and why? I said, here's what you should have done. Then you, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know about that. You know, about you know, 15 minutes into that, you were talking about something that I don't think had really had anything to do with land gel. I think you should have done this. <laughs> you could have been more efficient. You, mm -hmm. you could have got it cheaper. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. How about you, Jack? Do you have something informational that you want to share with us today? There, your topic kind of rolls into mine. Okay. My Jack informational topic is as follows. What's the role of your emotion in your land career? And I would argue that the role for emotion in land is none. I think the more that you can check your emotion at the door when, when, it's, when you're buying and selling land, especially if you're working with your spouse, the further and faster you're going to get. And is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Have I ever seen it? No. Even I get emotional about buying land because it's awesome. I love land. I get emotional, way too emotional about the sales price. These, this, I, it, not in the beginning of my career, I just wanted to sell everything constantly. Now I'm like, you know, maybe we should hold on to some of this property. It's really, we're getting it for 10% of what it's worth now. What's this going to be worth in, you know, 25 years? Exactly. So I'm starting to have those thoughts which cross over into emotion. Is it effective to make money? No. Right. Is it effective to, you know, for Jill to come to me and say, I don't think we got the best mailer yield out of this last mailer that, you know, it's not your best work. You need to up I, your game, buddy. And I expect you to, uh, I expect more out of you, Jack. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Is that effective? No, it's ridiculous. It's emotional and silly and it's going to, you know, fireworks are going to happen after that. Where was your head yeah. when this went mm -hmm. out? <laughs> yep. Thanks a lot. Every single person wants to sell. Congratulations. Right. 25 years of professional sales, Joe, and you can't sell this piece of land. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's great. This is it? You know what? This is what I'm stuck with? You know what? Our, our, our college freshman could have priced this better. <laughs> Keep your emotion at check. Yeah, Tony Robbins does a whole thing on this. Does he? Yeah, like a huge, like ten-year thing about what's what's stopping you from where you want to be. He's, he's famous for saying this. Your emotion. Hmm. You listen to Tony Robbins. That's good. Sometimes I, I like that. That's really. I good. said this on Career Path once, and there was a. I don't know. It was a while, long time ago. That's cool. And people, um, there were two women, two part women in a partnership, in a business partnership just lo they lost it they oh. didn't lose it but they had a lot to say what do you uh, mean all the best deals i've ever done was because of emotion and they just went they were being emotional <laughs> <laughs> and it's not gender specific trust me it's not men express no. emotion in rage which is still emotion mm -hmm. oh we love that <laughs> it's great <laughs> that's funny Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. 
We are Jack and Jill. Information 